Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined this time by Luke Hello to you, Oliver Davis and Hello Swap Nation. I don't know, they're completely wrong. How the devil are you? You threw me off there because you just made me start thinking of Alan Partridge. I know, that's why I did it. Did you watch it last night? <laughs> of course I watched it last night. It's a bit of a tightrope. It's more of a balancing act. Basically what a tightrope is. <laughs> <laughs> so for, I'm, I'm worried that some people in America might not know what an Alan Partridge is. Mm. And they just know Steve Coogan from his smash hits. 80 Days Around the World. Yep. And Stan and Ollie. Stan and Ollie, more recently. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Alan Partridge is a beloved character. He's my favourite comedy creation. On on the BBC, although there was a brief sojourn on Sky One and Sky Atlantic. Foster's. Oh yeah, he did some stuff for Foster's for a bit, didn't he? <clears throat> to my, for my money. North North the, Digital. Yeah, The Mid-Morning Matters is the best partridge. See, for me, my favourite partridge is is sitcom partridge. Mm. It's the, the two seasons of Iron Man and Partridge are where I, I get the majority of my partridge laughs from. Although I did like love the stuff on the day-to-day. I, I, I mean, I, I just loved the character. Yeah. Loved Mid-Morning Matters. Loved I'm Alan Partridge. Loved Knowing Me, Knowing You. Every I, I saw a tweet yesterday from a comedian called Ellis James who just said that no matter what iteration of the character you get, he always finds some way to floor me. And I think that's right. And so I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this show. I, it's not like the... I, it didn't come smashing out of the gates, but I, I laughed consistently throughout. Laughed out loud a lot of it as well. Yeah, there were, there were some great lines. It was my lady partner afterwards said, I can't watch that anymore. <laughs> it was too much. It's I was like, crazy. but that's that's the point. It's yeah. like, it's that awkward style of comedy. And she was like, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Like, it was too much. So just, uh, he, he began in 1991, this character. He's three years younger than me <laughs> in TV time on the radio. And then like, he, he also appeared on the day-to-day and which was like a fake news show yeah and chris morris yeah and then he got his own talk show knowing me knowing you which was i guess if you've seen the gary shanling no not gary shanling show it's a, there's it was a similar thing in america ah oh, but but it was played by gary shanling the larry sanders show oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah 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 uh it's a, it's a similar format to that where it was all fabricated 
And then he got, yeah, his own sitcom, but he's he's had like specials. He's had books. It's this fictional character. Talk about consistency of a gimmick. And it is. The storyline completely works for him of this presenter that gets hired for shows but is never usually very good and then often gets blacklisted for these things or he gets put into very low level positions like when he was on uh norfolk radio he was on the the, the graveyard shift doing three till five a.m before the actual morning dj comes in and they have a bit of a feud because of that or he's on um, a digital channel doing a skirmish based quiz show yeah it, it, there's just so much like and it that sounds that's like his career trajectory but character wise there's so much darkness and resentment and but he's bouncing back yeah just a, just a weird kind of light conservatism that i and this is because everyone in britain knows someone like alan partridge for me it's my dad <laughs> i'm very close to an alan partridge and he's he's just he's he's just always slightly out of step with time yeah, and he made his return last night on BBC, and it's a rip on one of the the worst things in humanity, which is the the one show, the one show, which is a mainstream BBC One magazine show so every six, night, like six yeah, PM, seven PM every single day, and it is just oh. a magazine show where they're just like, this man has got large feet. Yeah, so we're going to chat to him for ten minutes. We strapped GoPros to a bunch of pigeons. And school kids watch them. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened. Yeah. And it's just like, it's the most dull tosh. Here's Phil Jupiter's. Here's, like, I, I swear I've seen this segment that they lampooned on Partridge as well, which is, here's, here's a, an in-depth thing on how to wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> which is what they did on last night's episode. of It's got the title, This Time. Yeah. with Alan Partridge. And I loved it as well because there's just this moment during this VT of him talking about hygiene where he's walking down the street and off camera you can hear, you're a wanker, Partridge! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's great. If you've not watched it before, uh, you should... You should. This is a bit of Anglophile love that you oh, should go and check yeah. out if you're in the States. The, I will recommend to my dying day the two-season of I'm Alan Partridge where he really falls off the rails in the first season and he's living in a travel lodge hotel that's the one that was my first exposure to partridge yeah. yeah and then but then the second season when things are starting to get a little bit better for him <laughs> and he's bouncing back because he's got a book and he's now living in a motorhome next door to his house being rebuilt and he's got this brushing uh this brushing this russian girlfriends who's <laughs> it's like 14 years younger than him back of the net cash back yes. so anyway absolutely great very happy to see him back on tv uh would you like some emails yeah, go ahead. So this email comes in from Ryan to let us know that he's just become a pledge hammer. Way money. Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and especially not Randy. I recently got back my tax return and figured now would be a great time to decide to pledge to you guys. I've struggled a lot financially, and me and my girlfriend have even lost our apartment and are currently living on my mother's porch. Despite all this, watching the news and listening to your podcast nearly well, every day helps like me get through my day even when I was at my lowest point. A porch is outside, right? That's yeah. So I'm I was looking for some clarification on that, Ryan, because that makes it sound like you're living on there, like on the doorstep. Yeah, yeah. It's literally a doorstep, right? Yeah. So I mean, anyway, he's also sent across. Uh, I'm some... hoping, hoping it's one of those enclosed porch areas. Yeah, yeah. Like where one would put shoes mm, and coats, nice little coats, coat thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's also given us a good um, way on how to pronounce his surname for when we give him his shout out. However. Ryan, you are a $10 backer and not a $25 mm. backer, which means you don't get a shout-out. 
in the ramble. Not a verbal shout out. Absolutely not. But we will certainly shout you out now. Uh, he's from Port Orange in Florida, which is sounds NXT lovely. territory. NXT territory. Uh, another name for Randy Datsun fans. Uh, this comes in from, uh, I'm going to say, Ali. Or maybe Ali. Uh, hey, Luke, uh, I'm your run-of-the-mill long-time listener, first-time emailer, Podswafter. Just wanted to weigh in on the great Randy Datsun fan-naming ceremony. I've kept it simple for this one, simply calling them the Fandy Datsun. Oh, of course. Because the, and he's, Fandy. He's written here because they're fans of Randy. Hilarious, I know. I love uh, it when puns are so obvious that you miss them. Yeah. Thanks for all the great consistent work you do. Uh, Ollie, Laurie, and definitely not Randy do for us, your SWAP nation. Have a great day from <clears throat> Ali. Uh, Randy just got back from Sweden. He did indeed, yeah. I think he had a very nice time. Brought back some rather lovely chocolates. He's annoyed that I can't do a Swedish accent. And it I just mean, comes out Germanic. quite bad. It comes out Germanic, but I keep saying to him, how was Sweden? That is and he gets, very bad. he gets very annoyed. Why are you so bad at voices? Because you're a very good actor. I never used to be. I think I just got scared because I did a bad impression once. And then and now like I self-sabotage. Oh, I mm. see. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Because failing is, is failing on my own terms is better than anyone else. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that accent, um, the mayor of Painesville, Dan, uh, emailed in to, uh, with a uh, two-minute video uh, instructing Laurie on how to say Ilya Druganov. <laughs> because I think he said it wrong in yesterday's news. Um, and Il, it's Ilja Droganov. <laughs> Ilja Droganov. That should be your gateway in how to do your Australian accent, because that almost sounded Australian. Elad Droganov. <laughs> Billy Kay's here. Um, it's pretty much the same thing as Australia. I watched a New Zealand film last night from the producing mind of Taika Waititi. Oh, The Breaker Uppers. I watched The Breaker Uppers. How was it? Hey, that's, that's a great two thirds of a movie. <laughs> they just gave up. They gave up. They were like, uh, uh, I don't know how we're going to get everyone back on side for the final third. Because, you know, you get the lowest point in screenplays, which yeah, comes yeah. Uh, two thirds in. Which, and I really, was really enjoying it up until then. I love, I, I love Kiwi humor. And then they just go, hmm, let's do a song and dance thing. And you're like, that, that's rubbish. <laughs> that doesn't. And it, oh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rough unfunny final third. Yeah. Which is a shame because the, the first two thirds are very good. Uh, I watched Bad Moms over the weekend. Why? Because my wife loves it. She's watched it a good five times now and I think she'd watch it another five. She, it, it is a perfectly acceptable two and a half star movie. Mm. Three if you're being generous. Uh, I laughed a couple of times. But what we are watching now, which I'm very much enjoying, is something I think you've recommended as well, is Friends from College. Oh, I love it. It's one yeah. of my favorite Netflix shows ever. That is, uh, and it's a shame that it's been canceled. Uh, it is. What? Yeah, yeah, they're not doing a third season, apparently. Um, it, ah. is, it is a Jason Manzoukas cameo away from being, like, just one <laughs> of the best shows ever. Really, really enjoying it. Love Keegan-Michael Key in it. Um, Fred Savage is very, very He's funny. Really good. And, I've, and Ike Barinholtz is there in every couple of episodes. I really like Ike Barinholtz. And um, uh, Seth Rogen showed up for an episode. And I always love a Seth Rogen appearance. I can't. Oh, yeah. He's, like, he's a best friend. Party dog. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. 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 have you seen that um, Netflix movie with um, uh, your girl from uh, The Good Place? And Bad Mom's funny enough. Uh, What's it? 
and you, I know you want to help me out here, but you're not. Mm. <laughs> Ted Danson? Y- yep. <laughs> not not him. Uh, Jamal. No, not not not. Jamelia Jamal. Not, not said no. then. <laughs> no dear. Um, anyway, her and Kelsey Grammer mm-hmm. on a cruise ship. Um, which is and it is again perfectly two star movie. But Seth Rogen just randomly shows up because it's directed by his wife, and I'm like, ah, oh, instantly as soon as he's on screen, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm totally in for this movie. He's got a friendly face. He's got such a friendly face. <laughs> well, you might not believe this, I Davis, but when we come out of the main show, we have got three barbershop window emails. I oh, the the, the new hairdressing segment. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, anyway, here is the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Batista's return. Surprisingly, not Roman Reigns, but Ollie Davis will explain why in just a second. Here's the show. We are kicking off with. I am going to put my money on the table. I don't know the metaphor. My foot down. My pants on the line. And I'm going to say this is one of the best cliffhanger angles that WWE have ever done. I feel like a different person from last week. <laughs> just, 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 I know I'm inconsistent. I hated WWE last week. I'm going to get on to all of those problems. They're still there in the main review. But like a, just a, just a, a mood flipping madman. I'm so ecstatically happy with this go home, not go home segment, but the cliffhanger that ended the show. Yeah, it's so we sat down, usually to peel back the curtain, we have a conversation before we hit record, like, what should we do for the title this week? And I sat down and I thought, well, I think the Roman Reigns thing is probably the biggest story at the moment. Roman Reigns is back. He's like, you know, he's overcome leukemia, this and the other. But you were like, I just want to talk about Batista. Which I, I mean, which is fair enough, I guess. But it makes me feel like a terrible person. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm so happy. I couldn't be happier that Roman Reigns has returned from leukemia. Not returned from. He's in remission. It's great news. Great news. Uh, but I'm I'm more excited about the Batista return. Yeah. And I just, I mean, does that make me a terrible person? I don't think it makes you a terrible person. It was a very, very well shot angle. Like it was so well put together. And I, I said to you, like when we were in the office, kind of having a brief chat about like the the, the way the roar ended. One of my notes was, ah, oh, I wish they'd kept Sting a surprise. That would have been a really nice thing. Because here's me thinking this is just going to be a normal birthday celebration. I think I thought it's probably going to be a Becky Lynch involvement thing because Flair, like Ric Flair is there, which means Charlotte Flair might be there. And you do something along those sorts of lines. So I thought to myself, oh, it's a bit of a shame that, that Sting wasn't a surprise. I would have liked to have been surprised by that. But oh, I was completely worked. And then Batista shows up. I'm like, oh my god, Batista's here. Batista with his with his blue Batista again with a blue nose ring. And it was a really, really well put together angle. And it's so interesting because he's playing the heel. Mm. Yeah. Well let's let's say what what how this all played out for the entirety of Raw and going back weeks. weeks so on it end, seems been doing this. this has been the plan for a long time. Uh, of course it's all building to this Triple H Batista match that they started in that other the only other work they've done has also been excellent and it was that stare down moment between Triple H and Batista on Smackdown 1000 during the evolution angle. At the moment they are hitting or ba- batting 100 is that, I'm not very good with the metaphors today. In, in Triple H segments, they, they've put a lot of time and thought into how this story plays out. It's WrestleMania, baby. <laughs> he's he's always going to get his match. Apart from, like, 
all the builds of Crown Jewel as well, which was all and Super Showdown, which was also better than anything else on any yeah. of the other shows. Yeah, do, do, should we? Should I use my clout to protect the NXT guys? Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it for my Batista match at WrestleMania. Yeah, so they teased this match, but then we thought oh, it's not gonna happen because Triple H tore his pectoral muscle at Crown Jewel. And I think a lot of us are kind of like just written off the idea that Triple H was gonna be fit and healthy for it. There's that. That was I mean, I I never thought that because Triple H always has his mania match. He got medically cleared to return to training um just before the Royal Rumble weekend, he said that in the media call, and you're like, okay, he can he can start training now. Mania's three months away, he can do it. Like he, the, mm. the guy's insane, and in, in the the work ethic he's got. But then in recent weeks, you, there's all these reports about Batista entertaining all elite wrestling offers, and you've got to think they've been promoting this Ric Flair angle, the the birthday celebration, going back about four weeks before the Batista AEW rumours were coming out. So either Batista did do that. I mean, he was with Chris Jericho. That's that's a fact. There was an Instagram post, and by all accounts, Jericho was trying to make him come along. Um, but it seems to have all been a swerve on Dave's part because this seems to have been the plan forever. Yeah, so WrestleVotes, prior to this show going out, they said, this Ric Flair angle is something they've been planning for a long, long time. It's going to be a very big angle. And I don't think anyone, like, the only, because I, I don't check, like, news sites before Raw, and, like, I don't check them when I wake up in the morning either. I tend to watch Raw. And I think the only, it was, Meltzer was the one who said that Batista's there. Everyone else was just, like, Ricky Jack, like, Ricky Steamboat's there, Sting's there, and everything. Meltzer was like, oh, no, Batista's there as well. But it's kind of crazy how well they hid the fact that Batista was returning on this show. Mm. Like, as you say, because this almost felt like it came out of nowhere. I, I hadn't I hadn't even been considered I haven't thought about the Batista Triple H match since Smackdown 1000 and that's why that's this why is so great. genius because it's it's not like it's a swerve either no it's just something that is equally set up because every I, I mean me included I was so suckered into thinking this is where Becky Lynch makes her return there's a Charlotte Flair involvement there's the Ric Flair involvement there was a great idea that someone pitched on Reddit where Becky would drive down a Guinness truck. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And Becky had been arrested halfway yeah, through yeah. this show as well. So you're like, oh, okay, so she's going to come back then. It's a, it's a, a, a night-long story time as old as wrestling itself. Someone gets arrested and then gets back in the main event. How that happens legally, no idea. But you're also thinking, hey, Ric Flair, Triple H... These are the exact same people who are involved in the SmackDown 1000 angle. Of course, they're all part of Evolution. The history's there. Yeah, that's right. Batista so, and Ric Flair were former tag team champs together. It makes total sense. And, well, I don't want to say none of us saw it coming, but I would say the large majority of people didn't see it coming. A fantastic red herring, a ginger her herring with Becky Lynch. Uh, and it's just great. So, they, yeah, they have um, the, 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 the Ric Flair celebrations where... They've got the entire, not the entire roster, but a lot of the roster up on the ramp. Baby faces and heels included, which we just, we just get past. That's fine. And then it's Triple H and Stephanie in the ring and they bring out Kurt Angle. So Ricky this, Steamboat. It was so cool because they had like Ricky the Steam, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat come out and they would talk about this incredible history between Flair and Steamboat. And then 
Sting would come out and they would talk about the amazing history between Tr uh, Ric Flair and Sting and how closely tied their careers have been together. Triple H, they're like, oh, look at the incredible history between Triple H and, and Ric Flair. Shawn and Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, the guy that retired yeah, him, yeah. end his career. Kurt Angle came down and they went, Kurt beat Jinder earlier. Because <laughs> I was confused about Kurt's involvement. <laughs> These two are not connected whatsoever. It just really made me laugh. They're like, I mean, Kurt's had a good night. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> that just fell silent. You get it a lot in this in Oscar season where all the trailers are like Academy Award nominee, Academy Award winner, and then it just goes, and this guy. Ah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he hasn't won anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was, it was a, a weird choice. It's not like you look at that, you look at Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Shawn Michaels and go, we're lacking star power here. <laughs> we just, we need another legend, I guess. Anyway, they, they're still playing this up perfectly because you're, you're expecting something different. And yeah. you, there's so many things to distract you from what could possibly happen. A custom WWE championship. <clears throat> mm, a big cake. Nice. That was, that's a cake oh. in a WWE segment that no one went in. Somewhere, Vicky Guerrero is very upset. Yeah, that was, as soon as the cake was there, I was like, that's that's made for Becky to shove Charlotte's face into. Yeah, or Vicky then flew to the arena and threw yeah, herself yeah. into it before they packed everything up. But no, that that they play Ric Flair's music after a tremendous video package as well. Oh, it, lovely. It was, surprise, surprise, WWE's video editing department are fantastic. And they play Ric Flair's music... And he doesn't come out. I'm like, okay, well, so so something about Becky Lynch then, you know, I've seen, I, I know where this is going, and then it cuts perfectly backstage. Like this didn't feel like one of those orchestrated, stagey, oh we're backstage now moments. It was a almost surveillance-like camera backstage, just showing a, a large area, a backstage area, and there's a guy in skinny jeans dragging a camera guy by the scruff of his neck almost along the ground and it's awkward the way he's stumbling across and they go up to this door and then it cuts to the camera feed of that camera guy and he's looking up at Dave Batista wearing the sunglasses wearing this heel nose ring and Dave just you know he's like you film this and he, he seems so angry and there's a bit of static I think in the camera and he opens Ric Flair's dressing room door. The dressing room door closes. Some some shenanigans happens. And then Ric Flair is dragged out of the locker, like his locker room unconscious. I'm sure that's not the first time that's been said on his birthday. And he's, he's just laid out there. And Batista looks into the camera and says, have, do I have your attention now, Hunter? In like just such a great Bond villain style delivery. And then out of nowhere in this inspired non-verbal ejaculation, he just goes, huh? <laughs> and it was, as if that segment couldn't have been any better. He just added this insane inflection at the end of it. I, I compared it earlier when we were talking about it in the office to Brock Lesnar when he just did that carnal yell <laughs> in his match. I can't remember who it was against, but it was just... It was inspired. And then Batista disappears. Triple H runs to the back and checks on Rick. We need a doctor. Raw goes off air. All in all, like 60 seconds. But just, it couldn't have been done any better. It was so succinct. It was perfect. It was a really, really, really well put together segment with, as you said, just lots of red herrings being set up. And to the point when I think you're right, I think the majority of people did not see this coming. I'm I am certainly one of those people. Mm. I thought it was a very, very well executed segment. Really, really liked it. Glad to see Dave back as well. 
when did you realize it was Dave? Right away, because oh. it looks like Dave. Yeah, it, it just it took me until the camera, like he knocked on the door or something, and I was like, oh, it's Dave. Yeah. It, it took it took me a while to to realize, and I I was yelping out loud at home. I this was so good, and having like Batista's whole performance from the dragon of the cameraman, the physicality to the line delivery, the facial expressions, it's like you're a Hollywood actor. I mean, we watch wrestling a lot and there's there's some bad performances. There's some good performances. There's some very good performances like Paul Heyman's promo last year. We all said that was Oscar worthy. This is a freaking, this is, this is a difference in quality. Mm-hmm. It's like Batista's playing a different acting game to, to normal wrestlers. And it's because he's got that real life movie experience. And as I said, it's so interesting that he's the heel. Mm. He's playing a heel this time in yeah. the strip, which if I remember correctly, and I'm willing to be wrong on this, but I'm almost certain that's never been the case. They've never done a Dave Triple H feud where Triple H is the babyface and Dave is the heel. Mm. It's always been Triple H was the heel because it was like during his Reign of Terror era, Triple H. So that adds quite an interesting like element to that. It also confirms that Triple H did turn babyface last week. And he is, a, he is just a babyface now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I think that's a really... I think that's going to be a really interesting dynamic for those two then going into uh, and how you build this. Also, Dave wanted to be healed the last time he returned and they they forced him into this baby face role that he didn't want to do. So I think it's going to I think Batista is going to have a much better time with the company than because he hated that last run. Absolutely. Grant, he blamed a lot of that on the fans, but he did hate that last run. Oh, no, I, from what I've read in interviews since, he's always blamed that on Vince he's blamed, making yeah, him he said, be a baby yeah, face. He said, but they also blamed the fans being like, fans were so entitled. They just, you know, we gave them this match, but it's not the match they wanted. So they just mm. turned their back on it. And that's not fair. So, I, but yeah, he also said, I shouldn't have returned as a baby face. That was never going to work. Um, so I think he is going to have a lot more fun on this run. And Batista is always at his best when he is enjoying himself. And I, I don't want to say he doesn't care because that's, that's, that's best, Dave. That is when you get Dave at his absolute best is when he stops caring. Yeah. But I'm hoping... Dean Ambrose levels. Dean Ambrose levels of zero Fs to give. Like, you know, the, the wave goodbye. Or, you know, yeah, that was it, the wave bye. Mm-hmm. Um. I hope that we can get zero Fs Dave, but he also does have some Fs to give in yeah. terms of this, playing the heel role. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting. And like this is, of course, going to pay off with a WrestleMania match now. Uh, I, it, so you've got that character of Batista as a heel, which is so much better. And, and he's a great babyface as well, but him as a heel in his last run. And when he left the company back in 2010, I want to say, or maybe 2009, and he, like you said, he just stopped caring and was allowed to be what he wanted to be. He was like Hollywood Batista it was so before good. he went to yeah. Hollywood. It was amazing. So good. And he's he's not afraid to have fans poke fun at him with the blue Batista stuff. Like all those little touches, the nose ring, <laughs> the skinny jeans. Th- those are a very conscious decisions, I have no doubt, yeah. to be a better heel. Because we all made fun of those things for him last time. Absolutely. And he's he's got all that. But now he's got some real substance of a storyline to work with. And I think it'd be int- I'd, I'd, I'd love to find out how much input 
Dave has into this storyline and his character this time around. They've got to be working together. Yeah. It's like you, you've got to figure, because that's what Dave's always wanted. He said, if I was ever to return, I'd want a match with Triple H at WrestleMania. I want it, uh, and that will be the end of it then. That will be like my final swan song in wrestling, because that's always been the storyline of my career, is me versus Trips. So I think he and, and Triple H are going to be working very closely together on this. They have to be. And it hints that, like, us as fans that Dave has been fantasy booking his last run for like five years so yeah. I, I'm, I really hope that he's got a storyline in his head and he's worked that out with Triple H and they've got a really solid narrative to run through to the eventual payoff are you saying that sometimes if you just like plan a whole feud in one block and don't just rewrite it week to week that it turns into really great television I guess I am, Luke. Yeah. Don't worry, we've got Bruce Pritchard coming back. Though. I'm sure he'll <laughs> he'll scrap that. But the uh, he's back now. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, I think all it's of been that stuff months, in in the background of this Batista stuff add in this new psychotic edge to his character that I've never really seen before from him as a heel. In that, because if you look at this from the the two chapters we've had so far, SmackDown 1000 and now Ric Flair's birthday celebration. Something happened in that stare down and Ric Flair was the guy to separate them and be like, oh, boys, don't worry, it's fine. For Batista to just flip a switch and beat up this 70-year-old man. Mm. So, I, yeah, I think it'll be I'd, Batista unleashed. I'm excited. The animal's unleashed. Mm. So, actually, someone pointed this out on, uh, on Twitter, or it might have been on the Wrestling Observer boards, <coughs> that... It almost makes, like, I, I can't believe we were that foolish to think that it would be a Becky thing anyway. Because as some people pointed out, she would have ruined a 70-year-old's birthday party. That's hardly the most cool thing in the world to do. What are you talking? <laughs> it would have been so cool. Well, for her to beat up Sting and to ruin Sting in the ring and, yes. and Ricky Steamboat. Yes, that big... would, not, not Steamboat. Steamboat yeah. is the perennial baby face. <laughs> but, but, like, yeah, Stone Cold would beat up Hall of Famers all the time. Yeah, I think it would be it's fine. a different era. We'll uh, we'll end on this lovely comment from Fission 35 from Reddit uh, because like Batista just vanished, right? Or did he? Batista didn't leave the place. He was just standing there, incredibly, incredibly still. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's get some Patreon shout outs done. Thank you, the mayor of Painesville, Dan. There he is. Woo! Yeah. Patreon's number one, Zach Gibson. I'm glad you got that one. You've got a better accent Thanks, for mate. it. He said there's a rainstorm coming. Woo! Terminator reference. Yeah. The Edgehead, Matthew Gould. Ooh, Yo, yes. Float like a butterfly, Salmon Ali. Oh, float yeah. like a butterfly, my friend. Wayne Enterprises, Gilead. Nice. Or Gilly, Gilliland. Gilliland. Crazy cat lady, Katie Martin. A I want to <laughs> highlight that that was not that was her suggestion, Crazy Cat Lady, all with K's. Uh, Jumping, Jerry Smith. Whoa, jumping, yeah, jump on, around. Uh, Hallamania, Patrick Hall. Oh. Hallamania is running wild. Absolutely, and cool like a summer's breeze, Chris Summerfield. Oh, so cool, so cool, so fresh and so clean. It was a great closing angle to the show. But it was the Raw was bookended by that, and an equally just as good for other reasons moment to open the show, which was Roman Reigns. We got a video package of when he announced that he had leukemia last October, and then his music hits to open the show, and Roman comes right out right away, which is good. I think you know if you've been building up in kind of like dodgy means to to, to announce a guy's cancer struggle how how it's going to pop a rating which is essentially what wwe did which is you know that's that's quite carny i i told my lady partner about this and she was like well that's that's weird <laughs> yeah it's one of those things that when you explain it to a non-wrestling fan they're like i mean that that sounds very exploitative yeah it's, but it's weird because when i first had it, it was like oh that's a good way to pop a rating <laughs> but then but then you stop and look at yourself and you're like oh no wait that's not what this thing should be about mm. uh, anyway but really i don't think this was end up being done no, to, to no, pop no, a rating no. because he was there to give good news so story is that roman found out early last week or he's found out in the last couple of weeks and he then told vince mcmahon early last week that they that he was in remission and he said i'm ready to come back yeah. and so that reports from british tabloids and absolute scum of the universe uh the son of the daily star where vince mcmahon demanded that he return um, according to Fightful, who I trust far more than the yes. wretched hive of scum and villainy uh, the, at the Sun, um, that it was Roman's call to come back, and he he was ready to return to work. What happened when you heard his music, though? 
I was so happy, and like, mm. and there was a big thunderous applause. Yeah, like the I crowd was... reacted so well to this. And I, and I, had, I did have a big, big smile on my face. It was nice to see sort of Roma come out because I thought to myself, I mean, I've written here. This is what happens when you let people have a break. You end up missing them. You can't miss someone if they're always there. Mm. And I, and when because Roman's not been seen for the last couple of months, uh, but it was I... like it was. A, Okay, but I did then go back on that because when Jinder was on the show later on, we haven't seen him in months, I didn't have the same reaction. I think if you take the leukemia out of all of this, people are booing him when he comes back. Because it's a Pavlovian response to just booing no, him. I mean, I freaking booed the music. Like in, the, in my head, I was going, boo, oh no, wait, we like him now. But that's the Pavlovian response. But if, if none of that happened and he just took a break, not from injury or you've got this world where WWE do cycle out talent, him coming back, I think, signifies to everyone, oh, it's the Roman Reigns era again. Mm. Like, you know, but nothing's changed. Well, so that's yeah. a bad thing. But, of course, we've got this huge positive of him being uh, in remission. Although I've already seen backlash to this. Because there are now people who are speculating that, well, Seth's not going to win at WrestleMania mm. because Roman can then take the title off Brock at SummerSlam. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but this is this was a genuine feel good moment. He looked great as well. Yeah, I thought like he looked in shape. Well, I was going to say the picture that he posted for his uh, in ring return with the trainer, well, rather the po uh, picture that his trainer posted. He looked in such great shape, mm. and uh, he's got a nice new T shirt that's uh, talking about being a cancer survivor. Um, I don't know, but I'd like to think that some of the proceeds of that T shirt are going to cancer charities rather than just WWE pockets. But you'd hope so. You'd hope so. Um, and he came around. And he, he spent. And I think this segment overran. I, I think cynical. Luke. No, no, no. And, and, and I was, I was about to say, and I think that's a good thing. Oh, I, you I, mean I, you mean it overran on the backstage script? Yes. Not it overran in. No, 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 you, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay, think that they they put aside a certain amount of time for this script, but Roman just went out there. I wanted to soak up the atmosphere that was that was around ringside and to spend time with fans around ringside, taking photos, this, that, and the other. Because the match that preceded this went very, very quickly, and they were yeah. like, well, "Let's quickly get to the hot tag because we need to go home now." And there was an ad break like yeah. right away as <laughs> exactly. well in that match because yeah. you don't want to take an ad break in that Roman segment. Absolutely not. So, uh, so I think this segment probably went longer than it was supposed to. But I, I think it's all the better for it mm. because Roman just came out and he was glad handing all around the ring, just soaking in the atmosphere. His music played like three or four times. It was like you've never heard so much of it. I mean, it's the same thing over and over again, but still. I, I And I thought it was really, really nice. And he came in and gave this very nice speech about how I used to say this is my yard, but it's not. It's our yard. Talked about his, you know, his religious faith. Stop my cup of tea. But, you know, it's it works for it works for him and it works for other people. And it was a really, really nice sentiment and everything in terms of how God's inbox was full because you guys sent so many thoughts and prayers which was very nice yeah and then gave us uh the update he, his uh his mum was at ringside as well yeah it was a big nice so was the rock's mum and the rock's mum yeah. yeah which i thought oh okay so the rock's gonna come out get a bit of that fighting with my family promotion endorse roman no Again. rock no rock to be seen yeah um but this is this was just lovely he had this great line as well where he mentioned his original announcement promo he said he didn't just swing for the fences. He's hit a home run. And that's when the crowd... I mean, I think we all figured when that it came he was out... going to be positive anyway. When he came out in the cancer t-shirt, I was yeah. like, he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's beaten this. And he says he hit a home run. He's in remission and the big dog is back. And the whole crowd was very so into it. Nice. And, and it's, yeah, this it's is lovely. great news. It's yeah. great news. So, so lovely. Um, so happy for him. And then he, he goes round the ring and he takes loads of, pic loads of pictures with people and, and high-fiving and then Seth Rollins comes out and they embrace and they pose 
And I, I've written down in my notes here, oh, it's a shame that, I know Dean Ambrose has got his own thing going on right now, but it's a shame he didn't come out and make the, the poetic mirror image of that shield fist bump Back from when Roman first announced it. And that's because... Well, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, Dean Ambrose didn't want to go out. He was very emotional backstage. He was very emotional during... Because the only people that know that knew on the, the morning of Raw were Vince, Stephanie, Triple H, Kevin Dunn, and Michelle Wilson. It was apparently the only people that knew. So it was, again, like his leukemia announcement the first time round. Only a small pool of people really knew what he was going out there to say. Um, and yeah, apparently, Dean, uh, he didn't want to go out. And so they didn't... And then the, the beatdown angle that they did later on in the show, like the segment with him and Elias, that was written on the fly after Roman made his announcement they wrote these two segments and then put them onto the show so they probably just left blank areas in mm. the script that they could then fill once Roman's made his announcement yeah it's a curious one the Dean seems like quite a intensely private person and I imagine he I don't think he's like going into business for himself or anything I think he's just understandably very overcome by what Roman said and has revealed. And he's like, I'm, no, I'm not going to go out there and, and like play this up for a wrestling angle, whatever. Or I just, I just want to deal with this privately by myself, uh, especially considering how he was caught unaware the first time round. So yeah. he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing it again. And I, I have tremendous sympathy for that. I don't think he should be blamed whatsoever. And maybe it's something he would have, he would have just gone out and done if he hadn't already asked for his release. But I've got to put that on the head office, really. I mean, I get that it's Roman's decision as well to want to surprise everyone, but just what, why are you working the, the boys like this? Why, why can't you... Don't tell everyone, but Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, if they're going to be involved in that segment, just say, you know, break the news that afternoon to them. Great. And here's what we want to do. I, I, yeah. yeah. Or whether they want to do it because the... That did sort of play into a storyline aspect of it later on. I don't know. But like, that was but, written on the fly. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Because apparently the, the rumor is they're going to do a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion at Fastlane. Mm. And it, so it'll be, although looking, based on this, it's it's the S.H.I.E.L.D. and Braun Strowman versus your, your gang of goons. No, 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 no. It'll be the gang of goons or the mid-card of evil, Baron Corbin's mid-card of evil. Yep. League plus, of Nations 2.0. Plus the Ascension and a few other people. Because you can't just have a three-on-three -three shield match these days. It's got to be a 20-on-3. Otherwise, no one's going to believe it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they, they did this segment, and I thought it was really, really nice. I've also seen some people saying that Sean Ross Sapp has also said that one of Roman's big responsibilities backstage now is to convince Dean to stay. However, I can't find that in Fightful's mm. website. I haven't found it in any of their articles. That's why I didn't put it in my news today. I saw a few people saying that Sean Ross Sapp has said that. He might have said it in one of his like his YouTube review that he did yeah, or yeah, somewhere else, stream. you know, in the live stream or something like that. But I, I couldn't find that, that anywhere, so I couldn't corroborate that mm. uh, outside of us. I've seen people saying that's what he's saying. Interesting. Well, after that, we got the match that... But I, I agree with you. I think this probably had a bit more time originally, especially if the plan is to get these NXT guys over you don't in need long them matches. Don't need them now. Roman's here. Exactly. It was Alistair Black and Ricochet taking on... I've written Ricochet here. <laughs> but The Revival. And it was a frantic match. Uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet got a load of cool moves in. It was very dramatic. Went to ad break really quickly, came back, and then a few minutes went by. Black Mass for the win. So, you know, this 
five minutes of TV time. I don't really care how much the Roman Reigns segment overran. I care more about the whole middle portion of this show was pretty boring. Yeah, so... So so why why not just have this run longer and have an actual good match here and drop a Kurt Angle Jinder match or drop a Bailey versus Nia Jax match so you can focus on the NXT call-up guys and it does nothing to alleviate all the concerns and fears I said last week where it's like, look, we've had years and years of NXT call-ups and WWE not having a real plan for them and they've... They've been scuppered on the main roster because of that. And everyone was like, hey, no, this is great. It'll freshen up the main event scene in Raw. Mm. It, that, we're, we're two weeks in now, and you do need to do something. And Champer and Gargano were just backstage cameos on this show. And Black and Ricochet still don't have a story. The, revive, the, the tag division that they're supposedly building up, the Revival have now lost both of their matches clean after becoming the tag team champions. So I've... This did nothing for me, and it hasn't convinced me any other way that these NXT call-ups aren't going to be scuppered again. Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes tweeted after this match, God, WWE's mid-card is on fire at the moment. And I thought to myself, Alistair Black and Ricochet are the last people you want in your mid-card. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the complete error within this. And that's the point of why we were so upset about this last week, is that you didn't debut these lads as anything special. And so instantly they're just having matches, no storylines, nowhere near the main event picture. They, they're not going to, they're not, they don't have a WrestleMania program. And I don't think they'll end up being in the Battle Royal at this rate. And like, what if you, if they're going to be in the Battle Royal, if Alistair Black, Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano are in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania, what was the point? And you talk about the other, the, the forgotten NXT call-ups that happened late last year that will sort of happen late last year. EC3, it lost on main events to Apollo Crews. So they're already given up on EC3. Mm. Nikki Cross hasn't been seen in weeks. Like, what did she lose to Ruby Riot for? And now Heavy Machinery are apparently going to be feuding with The Ascension. Lacey Evans is just walking in and out. She hasn't got a storyline of substance. There's just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's great that they're winning and they're winning clean. They're last week's call-ups but there is nothing nothing there to indicate that they're going to be treated seriously and we talk about how last week we were saying they're four guys that are all competing for tv time against each other but really when you think about it they're you know there says 10 people that have all been brought up at the same time and they're all now trying to compete for tv time mm. they're all trying to compete for creative when creative are only focused on a certain group of people doing a certain group of storylines yeah. so they're always really going to struggle to kind of like make a name for themselves and get noticed and get recognized and get anything of substance and i did see a lot of people say like oh this is the best roar in ages like it and i my overall review of this is this is the first roar of 2019 that felt like we were actually on the road to wrestlemania this felt like an episode of raw that was actually worth tuning in for with that said outside of the roman announcement and the angle at the end and you could, the becky thing in the and ronda cuz that's an interesting wrinkle to that the rest of it was just a lot of filler mm yeah, and time wasting. Yeah, totally, and and quite quite damaging stuff as well with the NXT guys. We'll get on to the Becky stuff. I wasn't a fan of that either. So, yeah, the, but that's a testament to how good the opening and closing angles were. Yeah, 
that I, I gave this show four out of five. But it's purely that those are two of the best angles or segments rather of all time in WWE. But you had the, like, yeah, it's it was a very lackluster two hours in the middle, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So what are your thoughts on uh, on Bruce Pritchard's? coming back apparently he's been uh, on the creative since january mm. and, yeah. but now he's uh, now he's a full-time uh he's been actually on the road in creative as well now he's apparently full-time and he's back to being uh, vince's right-hand man yeah i mean i, li- I like bruce i think he's a he's, he's a really good storyteller on the something to wrestle with podcast but the biggest problem with bruce is he what well, it's even a a slogan on here he'll pritchard things which is where you explain wwe's crap or lazy booking using wwe's crap and lazy mindset and that's only going to strengthen that ineffective side of things mm. i mean I, I respect bruce a lot because he's you know got a fantastic track record but he's also the guy he's also a yes man to vince mcmahon and i don't think a yes man is what vince needs because the last thing we need is more of Vince's ideas. <laughs> yeah, we need we need ideas that he filters. Yeah, yeah. And I think there is an interesting backstage battle that's going on at the moment that we are obviously not seeing. I think the firing of Arn Anderson, who was a good friend of Triple H's and someone that he really really liked, and because he's a massive fan of the Horsemen and a lot of the talent really liked, and then bringing back Bruce Pritchard, who is, as you say a yes man yeah and it comes after triple h installing you know his his team which are effectively tna so <laughs> you've got abyss jeremy borash is down in nxt but uh was it sanjay dutt sanjay dutt yeah shane helms. also shane helms so that that group of guys seem to Jeff me Jarrett. to be on the triple h allegiance uh backstage in raw now so yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's it's be it'll be interesting to see where this goes moving forward. But I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, clearly Bruce Pritchard's already doing a great thing because this was a great episode of Raw. But I I wouldn't go that far just yet. This was a great episode of Raw because of Triple H, Triple H and Batista coming up with a fantastic angle and the real life thing of Roman Reigns, well, that's which, which yeah. WWE don't really have much creative input into. That was going to be good regardless. That's exactly what I said. I was like, if you've got a show where you have Roman Reigns announced that he's beaten leukemia and you've got Dave Bautista making a surprise return and the uh, Becky and Ronda segment, then yeah, it's going to feel like it's a really good show. Like, regardless of what like writing power you have. You, you say that, but if you said to me, oh, Alistair Black, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano and Ricochet were all called up on the same episode. I'd be like, how can you screw that up? Yeah, well, quite. Well, no, that's because it was Lafayette's fault. Have you not seen that video? Yeah, Jesus. That is a proper, like, (coughs) smell your own farts. We're so great video. So WWE uploaded a video sort of blaming the crowd for for last week's episode. Uh, And there's an argument for that, but it is not... it's It's like Paige saying... The reason WWE didn't push women was was our fault too. It's always yeah. the fans' fault. Exactly. It's like WWE are a heel. Yeah. It's your it's you guys' fault. Yeah. It's yeah. as I said. It's it's smelling your own fart and be and it's it's we're not out of touch. It's the kids that are wrong. Back on with Raw. Yeah. Because we've got a boring two hours to get through now. Uh, Baron Corbin promo backstage. He he said that his general manager role was more difficult than Roman battling cancer. 
which I thought was funny. Like, <laughs> he's a heel. That's a great heel line. Yeah, and he said the hopes that their paths don't cross. Uh, then Elias is out to play a song, but we get the Lacey Evans stuff again. That was the last we see of her. There was no heavy machinery with her either, so that just appears to have been a thing for comedy. A, a one-week thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we also saw Shawn Michaels backstage with Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah, the, the Ric Flair birthday promotion ran throughout the whole night which was just another great way of yeah of making this feel like it's going to be a big yeah. thing yeah exactly diverting attention snoop dogg was like he wished rick flair a happy birthday via his cell phone nice stuff there was a stone cold promo as well later on yeah and then dean ambrose came out to interrupt elias again elias just i mean the only thing really that got elias heat was him singing songs and having his little spotlight bits so WWE aren't letting him do that anymore, which he, um, you know he just he gets his cheap mm. your local sports team heat. But it's not it's it's dwindling. It's nowhere near as loud as it used to be. It was because they turned him babyface yeah. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. so Dean, Dean comes out and remember he said that he doesn't want to do hokey s word anymore. Well, he's just, he's been doing hokey s word more since like that. I think he's doing it on purpose at this point. He came out, made some song references, uh, and then hit the Dirty Deeds. Riot Squad's music hits. And that's where I was like, this show is moving so quickly. Yeah, so Riot Squad come out here. So it's Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan for a tag match against Ronda Rousey and Natalia, which which is like, a, that's a smart match to have, to build your pay-per-view match. But the pay-per-view match has already happened. It happened decisively. So I just, I just, and, and again last week. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is, it's really back. It's literally backwards booking that WW. Because how much of a build did Ruby and Ronda have going into that that elimination chamber match? Zero. Absolutely none. And now they're doing it. It's it's rubbish. It's lazy. And the crowd die when Riot Squad are on offense. Yeah. And can you blame them? Because you've been conditioned to know. Well, the they're not effective. And they don't win, so you don't need to be invested in them beating down Natalia for ages. Totally. R Ronda got a few nice pops from... She did a great she got punch massive, combo. Big booze coming out, though. Oh, I, I thought she got a really bad reaction coming out. Uh, but it was all really just background dressing to Rousey about to win, locking in the armbar on Sarah Logan. But Becky Lynch jumps the barricade, wearing a sort of Kill Bill-style outfit again yes the bruce lee one isn't it but like, yeah. i think it's more of a tribute to to kill bill than it is bruce lee yeah the, the revenge idea mm. and she she's she's hobbling because her her knee's still injured and she hits natalia for the dq win and then the police come and take becky away so i mean we've this isn't a feud that needs arrests and suspensions so i'm but fine okay you do one suspension angle but they've done like three suspension angles and now Becky's arrested. I just think it's it's not it's it's jumped the shark a bit in believability. And it's just a bit uninspired. I don't think they know where they're going with this storyline. I think they've got an end goal, mm. but they never mapped out how they were going to get <clears throat> to that end goal. Yeah. Um and it, or if they have, I don't think they've mapped it out particularly well because as you say like We've seen her be suspended. We've seen her be suspended again. And now we're seeing her be arrested. It's, after a while, you're sort of seeing the same thing each week. And yes. I'm, I'm not losing interest in Becky. I'm, I'm absolutely not. Like, I'd, when she came out, I was like, yes, I'm, I bloody love seeing Becky around. Particularly love her, as you say, in this sort of Kill Bill Volume 2 inspired outfit. Love it. I think it's great. 
But at the same time, I was like, I'm ready to see the next actual chapter in this storyline. Which, it seems, that's what we are getting. Because Rhonda then demands that Vince McMahon come out because she wants Becky in this main event. Again, very smart on WWE. Get Ronda on the crowd side of things so the crowd mm-hmm. don't boo her and get every, all the heat onto Charlotte. And Stephanie comes out and Stephanie's just like, you know, we're not dropping the charges. We're not doing this. She, Your matches against Charlotte, you've just got to face that. And Ronda's like, no, no, it's, it's best for business for me to face. We need this. It's important. It's women's evolution. It, it's this, it's that. Think about your three daughters, Stephanie. Think about your legacy. And then she, uh, I don't know, fell all over her words in sort of demanding this. But essentially, she's vacated the title? Yeah, she just laid the belt in front of Stephanie and walked off. Which, it's just white. You've You've got an open goal here. You've got Ronda Rousey. You've got Becky Lynch. They've got an intense professional and personal rivalry. It's a blood feud. That's where the money is. So why are you suddenly making Ronda's motivation about essentially WWE's PR directive? Yeah. This is that what we I don't want to fight Becky because I hate her guts and I want to prove I'm the better woman. I want to do it for women. And I'm like, okay, I mean you can do this. And it will still be for women main event in WrestleMania. That's a huge achievement. But you don't need it from the characters in the story. You can have the commentators talk about that and and press releases talk about that. But me as a viewer, like, I I don't know. It's it's not what I would have done. And I don't think this is nearly as effective as just focusing on the personal issues between the two. This is as far from Becky just before Survivor Series attacking Ronda on Raw that we could possibly be. Yeah. I think we are, that is where I think we would all like to be back in that moment when like Becky standing there, blood pouring down her face, when the man comes around, all of that. That's what we would like to see. But what we're getting instead is it's all about the McMahons. It's McMahonomania. Yeah. I did see someone online say like, I mean, this sets up perfectly for Stephanie to announce herself as the new Raw Women's Championship champion and we'll have a four-way at WrestleMania instead. Yeah. So that way, Stephanie can be in the main event of WrestleMania. Triple H can be in Becky's corner. Yeah. I, it's, I, I don't like it. I, I st- like you said, I'm still into Becky, very much so. I, I, I really like Ronda. Um, but the, the storyline is and the character motivations are becoming very, very muddied and, and not in a good way. One of the biggest criticisms that WWE often get is they are given too much time to build a story. Mm. And that is certainly the case when they do week to week booking and week to week changing of mind and rewriting shows on the day, rewriting shows as the shows are happening. And it's you've only got to look at uh, Vince Brett at WrestleMania, a match that really did write itself like that was open goal this just writes itself you don't need to do any work on this whatsoever but they had to do angles and storylines and brett getting run over and and all this nonsense and you're like well who no one cares now and then oh what i see what we should do a half hour match at wrestlemania it's when when we get to wrestlemania and it is either the singles match between Becky and Ronda, or it's the triple threat between Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. Do you think the video package is going to recap all the suspensions, Ronda vacating her belt, 
run the talk. Well, maybe it will include the the women's revolution nonsense. But it's it's gonna it's just gonna focus on the rivalry between them, and that's what you've got to focus on. This is just filler from week to week. And what's probably more like a reason behind this is because it's not just raw, 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 raw. They've got to build this storyline over Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown. They've doubled the amount of time that they think they need to fill. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. I, let's move on. I, I'm not a fan of it. I, th- I don't really know where they're going to go with it, nor am I interested. I'm interested in the final match, but I'm no longer interested in the build. I am intrigued to see this new wrinkle in the story and where it's going, but I don't think I could say that I'm excited to see where it's going. Just but, curious because how do they book themselves next? Yes. that Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But I am still excited for the match and I still do think that, I was about to say, it's the one with the most heat, but if the more they do this, the less heat it's going to have going into it. You have a professional curiosity. A professional curiosity. An cu- academic curiosity. <laughs> I, have an, I have a curiosity because it's literally my job to have a curiosity in it. Um, Kurt Angle took on Jinder Mahal next uh, because... Jinder was annoyed that he wasn't invited to Ric Flair's birthday party. So he was like, come on out, someone from Ric Flair's birthday party. And Kurt came out and Kurt beat him. I guess he doesn't have beef with Baron Corbin anymore. I guess that retirement storyline's been dropped because he just beat him. This match was like two minutes and 90 seconds of it was chin locks. And it's like, what story are you telling as well? Because... Kurt Angle was beaten by Corbin twice. He was beaten by McIntyre. And then he wasn't that impressive in those tag matches or six-man tags that he had with Strowman and Balor or whoever. And now he's winning really convincingly. Um, I just don't I don't know what they're doing here. I didn't like this. I thought it was boring. This match featured two former WWE champions. And holy heckings, did it not feel like it did. Yeah. Um, and next up... Just, just making me more angry was moment of bliss. <laughs> yeah, right here. Alexa Bliss comes. Oh no, it's a moment of bliss. She's cleared now. She doesn't need to do this crappy talk show segment. That's what I thought. I was like, it is crazy that Alexa Bliss got cleared to wrestle. She appeared in the Royal Rumble, did nothing, and then lost a tag match the following <laughs> night. Yeah. And that is it. And. You're like, okay, well, at least maybe they'll have a good guest on, someone who can go back and forth with Alexa. I mean, EC3 could be a good guest if you allowed him to talk because he's a great promo. We got Finn Balor, who, you know, we love. We're all big fans of. We believe in him. But he's not a good promo, in WWE at least. And it's a, it's such a confusing... I don't know what her character is because she opens this up saying like, hey, Ronda, don't let he- don't let the red carpet that everyone rolled out for you hit you in the ass on the way out playing up her heel. Then Bala comes out and she's like, oh, I like your abs. Do you want to see my tits? And I'm like, what is your character? It sounds like Luke is being hyperbolic, like <laughs> making a hyperbolic, a, a hyperbolic a hyperbolic statement. Yeah. Yes. That's essentially what she said. She was like, oh, congratulations on winning the Intercontinental Belt. It's a shame it covers up your abs, though. Hey, if you show me yours, I'll show you... M- and then Leo Rush's music hits. So, yeah, but so Alexa's horny now. That's what I'm getting from this. She, she wants to get she, in touch with Otis. He yeah, was she, horny as well. She letched on EC3 last week. Uh, it's It's bizarre. I don't, I don't really get while she was doing that. Um, when we 
when we were coming up with ideas for the title, Randy Batson, true to his very name, said you should call this episode Leo Rush, biggest heel in the company because he stopped Alexa Bliss getting out her bosoms. Well, I was going to say, if you ask Corey Graves, that re- mm. it really felt like... Did you listen to the episode of Something to Wrestle when they were talking about um, Stacey Keebler got offered Playboy and she didn't really she didn't feel comfortable in the idea of doing it so she called eric bischoff to ask him for his advice and he just said you know what would your father think and that was it she stopped and that led to conrad and bruce pritchard for five minutes having to go at eric bischoff because of what we could have seen had they not doing us and i this goes like well this is very lecherous like if we had a female employee at this company which unfortunately we tend not, we don't have a female presenter. Would we be sitting there going like, I really wish you would just get her tits out though. No, it's, it is it is weird. But this this was played up for just a, apparently Alexa Bliss wants to sort of be that kind of character. It was her who pitched that coffee guy walking in. Uh, but it's not, it's not working. It's not a good character at the moment. It's not getting her over. No. In fact, it's getting her under. If it was working, like Scarlet Bordeaux in Impact, I'd be like, hey, go for it. This is great. But it's just boring and it's in this moment of bliss thing. Anyway, Leo Rush comes out, biggest heel in the world, according to Corey and Randy. And he says that the Intercontinental title should still be on Bobby Lashley. And it, like there was some joke confusion where Finn Balor's like, oh, you're challenging me to a match. And he's like, no, I didn't say that. And he's like, okay, let's have a match. And then Leo's, Leo says, well, I'll just go backstage and cha- get changed into my gear, which he was wearing He's anyway. already in his gear, yeah. And Alexa Bliss says, no, you won't, because that match, that impromptu match that, was, that in no way could have been foreseen before this interaction, starts now. And I just thought... On whose authority? <laughs> so apparently, Alexa Bliss can now make matches. Well, she was the female Raw general manager of the women's division just a couple of months ago. But there's no authority figures anymore. And we're the authority And this figures. isn't the women's division. I just... This I, was I, a uh, failure of a segment. Yeah. This was a very, very bad segment. And then it led to a very, very boring, bad match. Whoa. I Look. I like this match. I thought Leo looked great. Leo looked tremendous. He also took 95% of the match and Balor eked out a victory. And I, perhaps I'm wrong on this one. He is the manager. <clears throat> yeah, he okay. Is, he is not. In Raw's continuity, and that's what you've got to remember, this is Raw, not 205 Live continuity. This is Raw continuity. He is a manager. I see that point. I think you're missing uh, the crucial point of Balor selling the knee for a long, a large part of this. And that in recent weeks, they have been making an effort to transition Leo into a more wrestling-based role, uh, which I guess the, the peak of which was the handicap match. Cool, then give him some wins then. Well, Make him feel credible as opposed to he is the manager and the only reason that Balor is the champion is yeah, because yeah. he managed to pin him. I, I, I understand all that. I, but what I'm getting from this is I thought he wrestled like a babyface here. He was, his selling was, was weirdly sympathetic, more so than he has done in the past, where it's more obnoxious. He was doing, he did a sequence of three dives. Great, his high-flying yeah. stuff was amazing. And he, he, he wrestled like he was a guy who was being downtrodden by his by Bobby Lashley. 
And I think, especially considering the angle that happened afterwards, where Bobby Lashley's shouting at him before his match against Braun Strowman, I think they're working Leo out into his own act that can stand alone as a babyface, and he'll like realize that he's his own man. He, that that's what transitions him into a, a wrestling role. And I think that's great because Leo Rush is an incredible talent and really, you can argue, wasted in just being a manager or a, a hype man or whatever mm. they wanted to, to call him. I do think, though, that if you want to have him go like, go toe-to-toe with the Intercontinental, like, you need to make him look credible first before he just randomly starts being an amazing wrestler and, and taking the Intercontinental Champion to the limit. It, it, does, it, it didn't work for me, but I thought Leo put on a very, very good performance. I also don't like seeing Finn Balor sell for 95% of a match, even if you are working over a knee. I, I, it just doesn't work, like, seeing the champ look that weak. Yeah, I think, I, I don't disagree with you. I liked it, though. For the, it's one of those things yeah. where you could look at this match and go, I, I hated it or I liked it. I'm, I'm on the like it side. I also thought Finn's selling of his knee was really quite subtly brilliant. And there was this great yay boo spot where it'd be like a Finn backhand, quite desperate, and then a Leo Rush low kick on the knee. I, I, thought, it, I thought it worked well. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. Ascent, the Ascension run into Tucker from Heavy Machinery backstage. I've got to be honest. This might have been my favourite part of the whole show. Really? I This made me laugh so, so much. Hmm. It's, it sucks that Heavy Machinery are feuding with the Ascension because that's not going to get you anywhere. But, like, the Ascension make fun of Tucker because Otis looks a bit weird, I guess. Yeah. And they call him a pig and they say that he's dumpster diving for cheeseburgers and he's got no neck. And t- Otis is such a saving grace for these sorts of segments because these segments are horrible on paper and they're horrible in execution with the exception of Otis just saying words in that voice where he'll just go, cheese, pig, cheese. And it makes me laugh every time. Mm. I, and, I, and it made me laugh. Yeah, I, I did nothing for me. Uh, Otis beat them both up with Tucker. It was like the, the headbutt spot. Uh, remember when they were pushing Connor <coughs> last August? I do. Over Chad Gable. Hmm. Uh, then we got the Lashley shouting at Rush in gorilla position for losing earlier, asking, can I trust you? Can I trust you? And he's like, yeah, of course you can. And then he comes out and they have a match against Braun. He, well, Lashley has a match against Braun Strowman, which, which is so boring on paper. Thankfully, it was mercifully short. Yeah. <laughs> and to the extent where I'm not sure it finished properly. So uh, it wasn't a match in the end. Yeah. So they were talking about how Braun got his revenge on Baron Corbin last week. And now he's targeting Lashley. And so Lashley attacked before the bell. But then Braun overcame that and attacked both men around ringside. And then just walked away. And the commentator's was like, well, I guess we're not getting a match then. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it, that it was, was it. limp. It was limp. And this is like, the start was great, the end was great. This was just another limp segment after limp segment. Do you know what this segment really smelled to me of? This was a segment where they were like, oh, we need, to, because he beat Baron Corbin last week, we need to do Braun versus Bobby. And then Vince was like, well, we can't beat Bobby, though. He was like, well, we can't beat Braun either. Well, t- okay, we've now booked ourselves into a corner. How do we get out of it? There was also, uh, so. Braun took out both Bobby and Leo. Leo selling again was was very babyface like, and that they they centered the camera on him for quite a lot of it. Uh, Seth Rollins had a backstage promo saying he'll 
win the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, yada, 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 but Reigns being in remission is more important right now. Uh, Ric Flair then arrives in a limo with his wife wearing a nightgown? Mad awkward wife. She, you got out of that limo, and so you, this look on her face was like, I don't know what to do now. Where do I put my hands? Where do I put my hands? What do I do with them? Yeah. yeah. What was she wearing, though? It didn't look like a ball gown. It looked like a lingerie nighty. Maybe that's just what Ric Flair likes his wives to dress in. In public? Yeah, could be. Fair enough. It's his birthday present. Yeah. Then we got Dean Ambrose taking on Drew McIntyre, which was set up earlier uh, in a no DQ match. Cole also announced that they have no update on the uh, the women's championships. Uh, Stephanie and Triple H just refused comments mm. on, on uh, what's happening with that. <clears throat> and because they haven't decided yet. But this match, it, it seemed to me to be pretty brutal on Dean. Like there was, Dean took off his belt at the at the start. No, he took off one of his belts. One of his belts. <laughs> and Drew got it and just started whipping Dean around. And Dean took a lot of punishment in this match. And it just, I felt like, ah, oh, this is the guy leaving the company. I wonder if you make an example of him. <laughs> we get, if he gets booked in an Inferno match next <laughs> week against Nia Jax. I don't know, man. This is CCW. Yeah. This is John Moxley. Yeah. Um, then Elias came out and cost Dean the match from earlier. And then, wouldn't you believe it, the mid-card of evil came out. When Baron Corbin's music hit, I was like, I'm so done with these lads. So done with these lads as a team. Yeah. And it's and it's now not just these lads. It's, it's Corbin. It's McIntyre. It's Lashley. Of course, there's Elias too. Wasn't Elias feuding against this mid-card of evil? Last November. It's, I'm so done yeah. with these lads as an act that's going nowhere. And it's, it's what happened last October when the Shield got back together and they were like, oh, well, we need a group of lads for them to fight. You lot can go together. And it's just the same thing again. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. And the shield, but like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins came out and beat up everyone. A couple of Superman punches oh, from great. Roman. Huge pops for each yeah, one of the Superman yeah. punches as well. And a spear. And that was great to see Roman actually get physical in the ring. He didn't take a bump, but it was that there's a difference between someone saying they're in remission and then seeing them dish out a punch. Yeah, it, it just it feels better. It feels more real. So this was this was really good. And I thought it was really nice that they didn't hug Dean. I, I, I preferred that they just walked off and Dean was left in the ring because Ambrose said some pretty awful things about Roman. Remember, he blamed Roman's lifestyle in The Shield for why he got cancer just a couple of months ago. Yeah, but didn't that get dropped? I don't know. I'm just trying <laughs> to hold on to some things that happened. Because then he became a germaphobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Remember whatever. The gas masks. What, what, whatever. They, they haven't fully made up, and for for those reasons, and hopefully also because you can, it it'll mean more when you pay it off later on. Yep. Well, you say pay off later on. Fast lanes next Sunday. Holy hell! <laughs> well, maybe it will happen at WrestleMania. I don't know. Well, yeah, but Seth's busy at WrestleMania. <laughs> He's in a match with Brock Lesnar. Okay, we'll so they've, they've got to do it at Fastlane, right? Because Dean's then going. Of all the ways to bring back Roman Reigns from leukemia, and that this is this is potentially what we're getting. 
Uh, and then after that, we got Nia Jax versus Bailey, which was, you know, a fine match. I liked how Jax kicked the inflatable, waving, yeah. wacky inflatable arm tube man when she came out. Uh, Sasha distracted Nia slightly, so Bailey got the win, but the crowd were pretty dead. Yeah, but I would say that the structure of this match was sort of like the opposite of the Leo Finn match, where it wasn't just Nia dominating mm. Bailey. I thought this actually was a bit more back and forth to it, but when Nia was on top, she was dominating uh, the match. So I thought the match was actually quite nicely laid out. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I've written here Nia distracts herself because yeah. I think she just looked at Sasha Banks and her new weave and grabbed it. And was just like, I'm going to have that weave. It's much, it's a new one, I guess. And just wanted to start pulling it off of her. Although they announced that it's going to be Banks and Bailey versus Nia and Tamina at Fastlane. And they built that up by having Bailey beat Nia. So, yeah. Doesn't really set up your challenges particularly well, particularly when you've got a Tamina out there who's there to take those pinfalls. She's the star. God, imagine if this match was Bailey versus Tamina. Well, overall, like, a very good episode of Raw, but that's only because the bookend segments really brought up the overall quality. Uh, but everything in between I thought was pretty lame. Yeah, I would very much agree with that. thought Roman making his announcement was awesome. I thought Batista making his comeback was awesome. I'm intrigued, professionally, as to where they're going with the Raw Women's Championship and Ronda Rousey. But there was a, all of the problems that we have been highlighting on Raw about its lack of mid-card and its lack of storylines and its lack of stakes really was on show here. Fastlane, as I said, Fastlane is next Sunday. They announced one match for it. This is a show that has got three matches booked for it currently, and two of those are from SmackDown, mm. which has a lot less time. Um, so, yeah. But overall, good show. You know what raw apple cider vinegar is? Yeah. Yeah, so I bought some to start putting in my water in a diluted form. Take a sniff of that. It's got quite a feety smell. Yeah, that has a little bit. Don't mind it, mate. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit bad. of a bit of a feety. What, so why have you done this? Is this are you stopped putting sawdust Look, in your water now? No. I I read a lot of things. <laughs> I can't be expected to remember all the reasons for the things that I read. Yeah. So I just, like, my brain just says, okay, this is a good thing to have, like raw apple cider vinegar. I can't remember what it does. So I'll just put it in. And then people are like, oh, why do you do that? I'm like, I can't remember. But I I trust in my own research to know at one point it was a good idea. My wife asked me the other night, does Ollie still have mushroom tea? And I was like, no, 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 that fad was very short-lived. It's really expensive. Mm, that yeah. was a very short-lived fad. Mm. Uh, anyway, so would you like some barbershop window emails? Hit me up. So this one comes in from the mayor of Paintsville, Dan. Hi, Luke. So since this is a new segment, my barbershop uh, got to make a cameo in here. Uh, the first funny thing is, as the attached picture, uh, the attached picture proves, the barbershop is called Team B, much like the B team. Sadly. Oh, no, Dan, you did... Uh, Attach an image, which you can just see there. Freezer. Team B. Team B. Um, But it does not stop there. My personal barber was... Why would you call yourselves Team B? Maybe it means something great in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's like... Maybe it's a good hairdressing pun. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. But like, it's like calling your place second best. (laughs) The reserves. Uh, my personal barber was a wrestling fan, uh, and he's res- he's capitalised wrestling and fan. 
Nice. So really makes it feel like a special thing when you are... Trademarked. Trademarked. Absolutely. And he's been cutting my hair ever since I was eight years old. Uh, he stopped watching wrestling... Or was that two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> he stopped watching wrestling after WrestleMania 9, and one of his favorites is Hulk Hogan. He also hates WCW because that's the competition, but he always likes to hear about the current landscape. Has The Undertaker retired yet? When is Hulk Hogan coming back? Which wrestlers are dead? He also has the same haircut as a German wrestler in the past, including some former GWF stars. Uh, so that's my tale from the barbershop. I Cheers, like Dan. I like how he still hates WCW. That's mm. like when you'd get Japanese soldiers in. You'd, you'd find them in the jungle about thirty years after World War Two had ended, and they'd still be like, "I'm gonna n- never surrender." Yeah. There's a Twilight Zone episode about that. It's very good. Uh, this one comes in from Marcelino. Uh, dear Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and my favorite member, Randy Dandy Datsun. Uh, uh, that's not how it goes. Well, that's what they've written in the email. So, you know. Just, uh, just edit on the fly next time and just don't read out the Randy Datsun bit. Okay. Understood. As this is my awful hairdresser story, it was my 16th birthday in uh, December last year and I went to get a haircut from my usual hairdresser before my party. I have longish hair, but I wanted to try a fade cut. So I went to my hairdresser and I waited. When it was my turn, excuse me, when it was my turn, I went up and found this large muscular Indian man looking a bit like Jinder instead of the usual lady that cuts my hair. Long story short, I asked for a fade, and instead he gave me a buzz cut. Whoa. He's written here. See attached image if you don't know what that is. I'm pretty sure I know what a buzz cut is. Like, oh, I know I don't have hair. I but... could clarify. Well, he's attached a picture of Justin Timberlake. Oh, right. Well, he's a handsome man. Well, he is a handsome man. Uh, afterwards, he asked how I liked it, and try not to seem rude or anything. I said it was great, and I left. Needless to say, my parents and my friends were shocked, and I got a few head slaps. Thanks for all you do. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. That's the best thing to do in that situation is is sort of silently curse inwards, but don't make a scene out of it. Yeah. Just just hate, hate silently, and then vow to yourself, I'm never coming back here again, and then go back there a month later. I mean, we all do it mm-hmm. when they hold up the the mirror behind you. We all just say, yeah, that's great. We there have been times where I've been having haircuts and I'm like, they're not doing what I asked, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's not even that they're because they're halfway through doing it. It's just I don't like the conflict. No, and and they've got sharp objects in their hands. Mm-hmm. I so when I, I do a bit of public theatre when they show me the back, like <laughs> which is what one of the most boring things of a haircut. Yeah, the back. But I'm just like, oh my god, that looks really good. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I freak like uh, like for the front. I'm like, oh, this this is really good. Um, but then I feel like I haven't sold the emotion oh, enough. I see. So the last thing's the back. I'm like, oh, that's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Thank you. Spot on is what I always say. Spot on. Spot on. At spot. It's, it's exactly what I asked for. I've got a huge rat tail on the back. Br- yeah. Brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, like, yeah, excellent. Good yeah, job. Great. Yeah. Cheers, man. It's not quite lined up. You're like, Perfect. Yeah. Done such a good job, man. Well done. You carved I'm a butthole <laughs> in into the back of my head. Yep, that's what I was after. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I didn't know I wanted it. Yep. Cheers. So this email comes in from Bryn. Um, yeah, I think Bryn's emailed in before. I think he might have sent in a rest talk get better. I, mm. I might have made that up though. Um, anyway, Bryn is the name of a fantasy character. Yeah, yeah, I feel like Bryn, Bryn. It's yeah. monosyllabic. You say that, but it's. I just think that's a Welsh name. Bryn. Oh, is it that? Oh, Bryn. Yeah, okay. yeah. B R Y double N. Uh, it says, hi, Ollie, Luke, Laurie, brackets so trustworthy, and definitely not Randy. That's more like it. Wait for this. 
And definitely not Randy Dudson. <laughs> None of those names are correct now. The leader of his fan club, the Duds. Nice. Yeah. I don't like this email. And you're going to see why in a second. My barbershop story happened in 2006, and it's not actually my story, but rather someone I've gotten to know quite well over the past year or so. To be honest, his sense of style is an acquired taste, but it hasn't really affected him too badly. He's happily married, and also has a largish following on the socials. You may find him in cheap jeans and a wrestling-slash-video-game t-shirt with a cap pulled down over his ears. Hmm. In a recent ramble, Luke nonchalantly mentioned a stop-motion video he made called Toy Gory. I thought I'd check it out, and I must say, it's pretty darn ordinary. The highlight... (laughs) The highlight, though, is seeing Luke's amazing, in quotes, acting, and he was sporting an incredibly interesting uh, hairstyle. Luke, in all caps. Please tell all the pod swafters about the bet you lost for having this hairstyle. Did your mate cut it on a drunken night, or did you actually give someone money to do it? Ollie, if you can work a clip into your news, it would cement your babyface turn. Thank you for the great show, guys. I never was on uh, Firstly, F you, Bryn. uh, Thank you. That haircut was actually was done by a friend, and uh, I was very happy with that haircut. What's the name of the And I did lose it as a bit of a little bit. Uh, So it's called Toy Gory. Toy Gory. Ah, a play on Toy Story. Yes. Did you know that when you were making it? Uh, I did, yes. I had seen Toy Story by 2006. Um, I was one of those people that uh, actually got to go, uh, that's not it. Ah, someone else has had the same idea. Yeah. Uh, Hold on, I'm going to move my microphone here so I can guide you. It's not that one there either. No, absolutely not. Um, No, you'd have been quicker to go to YouTube and find it there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I typed in Toy Gory YouTube onto Google. I know, but no one's watched it, so that's really not going to that's not going to help you. Well, is it's it? going to change once the the after swafters get hold of this. Well, you'd think so, but I've mentioned this a couple of times on the uh, podcast now, and I still don't think Toy really... Gory YouTube. <laughs> I've typed into YouTube. Yeah, there you go. First result. First result. One point four thousand views. Oh yeah, absolutely. Here's um, stop animation, Bodica Films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was that the little? Baby head on a spider from from Toy Story. No, it was oh not. Oh my god! It was uh, Clarence Bodica from the film RoboCop. I've just seen your hair. Yes. Oh wow! It was my mohawk, man. It was my mohawk yeah. phase. Bear so in you... mind, this is two thousand six, and I had prior to this long hair. I had long hair that was down to my nipples. That and, long hair. And, was that and then so I, you could? sexily cover the nipples um yes every now and again yeah to uh to entice the ladies uh and then my uh friend said that he was going to get a tattoo of the logo for sega bass fishing for the dreamcast on his arm and i said if you do that i will shave my hair Mm. thinking he'll never do it and then he did and so um yeah, so I, I shaved off my hair and I got that mohawk and uh, it got me laid loads, Bryn. So F you, buddy, coming in here to try and make fun of me. Yeah, I mean... I'll be uh, honest, this this email put me in a, such a bad mood this morning. In, in the cold, hard style perspective of 2019. Terrible. Doesn't look... Doesn't look Brillo. Nope. It looks like Brillo pad. Well, it, it genuinely got to you, this email. I, I, I was in a really bad place this morning. Aww. I was in a really bad mood. I dropped a box on the way out. Um, my wife knocked over a glass of water. She's really, she's working. She's not even working alone today. She's trying to recover from being super ill today. So she's on the couch and she knocked over a glass of water, which, in fairness, she does on a regular basis. 
I'd say upwards of twice a week she will knock over a glass of water on the floor. And you, you should, so get her a bottle. And I sort of had a go at her about it because this email had affected me. Mm. And I felt really bad about that because it's not her fault. It wasn't her fault. I also forgot to wear my wedding ring. That put me in a bad mood. Ooh. And then I went Luke's to on the prowl today. And then I went to uh, Waitrose because I've got uh, leftover Chinese for lunch today, and I wanted to buy some prawn crackers. They didn't have any, so I bought some Thai crackers instead. And all the while I was thinking, I was like, "Well, that's a different flavor combination. It's not going to be as nice now." Mm. And I spent one pound thirty on those. So, I was, and I was in a very bad place this morning. I was in a very bad mood, and I do attribute that to this email. Nice one, Bryn. Yeah. Um, that is all we have got time for today. Yeah, I got laid loads off that haircut anyway so we've gone way long on this episode people stroke the the hair because like short hair is very fun to stroke yeah i like i like it well actually when i do get my hair cut because i go down to 0.5 my wife does love the mm. uh to, to rub her head the on the back the rough bit yeah um i mean actually shortly after that mohawk and it grew out again i got a mullet oh wow yeah because i thought that'll be hilarious to, to have a mullet and I did it and it was quite long at the back and I had spiky hair up top and I had got it all shaved my mate Lee did it and it looked horrendous because Lee is not a hairdresser mm. um, as you can see by that mohawk anyway uh, so thank you all for listening thank you very much for tuning in we'll be back tomorrow for the Smackdown uh, tapings or the Smackdown podcast where they've announced it's going to be Johnny Gargano versus Cesaro with Champa in Gargano's corner and Seamus in the corner of Cesaro because half of that makes sense. <laughs> and they're also doing a contract signing for Didn't Daniel Bryan. Didn't you watch Halftime Heat? <laughs> it makes total sense. And they are doing a contract signing for Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. Pancakes on a table. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll get some other stuff in there as well. Thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.